You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Hey folks, you don't have to have some Frenchie named Jean-Jean Terrafique step on your hand as he blows past you on some belay to know that our sport is growing more popular and therefore more crowded every passing moment. And the sheer numbers are starting to have a real impact on the climbing areas that we cherish. Black Diamond and the Access Fund recognize this, and they want you to recognize that it's up to us to work together to minimize the degradation of the once wild and free climbing experience. They've come up with a thing called the Pact, a list of 10, shall we say, commandments? That's never been tried before, right? I don't want to call them rules because climbers don't like rules, so we'll just call them guidelines. It's all pretty basic stuff about how to act when you're at the cliff and how not to rub land managers the wrong way and ruin it for everybody else. Now, before you look at this list, you're probably going to think to yourself, well, I'm a really responsible user. I don't cause any problems. And yet, I think you'll find a few of them there that you've probably broken, even in the last couple weeks. I know I did. I mean, what if you are the pain in the ass that everyone else is rolling their eyes at? Would you know? Probably not. So you better go have a look at the pact and commit to being a better and more conscientious member of the community. So go to blackdiamondequipment.com and look for the Black Diamond Rock Project or go to accessfund.org and click on the pact for more information. That's the pact from Black Diamond and the Access Fund. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You playing here? We're doing the... Uh... Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Calouse. I've interrupted the intro because on today's show, we have a live show from the West Virginia Craig and Classic at the New River Gorge. And the uh, intro's already embedded in there. You don't have to hear it twice. This is episode 69, wanky wanky, of the Enormacast. As I said, recorded live at the Craig and Classic with guests Kenny Parker and Mikey Williams, two locals out there in West Virginia. We recorded this up in the American Alpine Club campground in the middle of the night on a PA run by generators. At one point in the show, you will hear a dog. Well, actually, you won't hear the dog. You'll just know suddenly that the dog stepped on the power cord and unplugged the speakers for just a few seconds. Stuff like that happens at these things, you know, show up in the middle of the woods and have to try to get a recording done. So otherwise, I think it turned out pretty good, the recording, the sound and that sort of thing. Before we get to that, I want to thank everybody who were so kind and generous and hospitable out there in West Virginia. I want to thank Lisa Hummel from the American Alpine Club for inviting me out there. I want to thank uh, all the people who I climbed with and hung out with and uh, whose couches I slept on. It was a great time. It is indeed an awesome crag, and I had a good few days out there and did have some good weather, actually, at the end of the trip to get something done without sweating profusely from every pore on my body. So that was nice. Hopefully, we'll be back in the spring or at least by next fall. All right. I think that's it. Let's get to it. I want to thank everybody for listening. If this is uh, somehow your first show, this is not actually very representative of the Enormacast. Go back and check the back catalog. Check out Enormacast.com for more information about the podcast. And also don't forget our sponsors, Black Diamond, Maxim Ropes, Bonfire Coffee, Pier Holds. Okay, let's do it. The Craig and Classic from the New River Gorge with Kenny Parker and Mikey Williams. Where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the normal dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, yeah, big place. That's out of town. That's a big place. You saw that. I'll see. Really should. 
Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed playing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Enorma Cast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. I don't know what episode this is going to be. Uh, sometime in the future, we will, we will travel podcast time into the future in a couple months and put this one out. Just to give you guys a heads up what's going on, I am a podcaster. That is a modern thing. Um, I, am, I have traveled here from the promised land. Colorado <laughs> to tell you guys about uh, climbing in Rifle, climbing in Indian Creek, and climbing in the Black Canyon. Everybody drink three times, and don't be don't be pushier. I'll 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 lay a free rider on you. That's for the fans. That's for the people that heard the show before. So um, what I do is I I put out a podcast twice a month called the Enormal Cast, and the Enormal Cast is an interview show, it's a lifestyle show, it's something I started um, just on a whim because I paint houses and I listen to podcasts all the time. And there's probably some folks out there that are like, a pod what? That's a funny thing that I run into in climbing a lot, actually, a lot more than other segments of the population. There seems to be a lot of Luddites in, uh, in climbing that just refuse to, you know, get on board with digital anything or... You know, we all have friends that are like that, that are like purposely removed from pop culture. You know, those people like that pretend to not know who like LeBron James is and stuff like that. Like, oh, what does he do? Does he play like baseball or I don't know, man, I'm on the road. I just can't pay attention to that stuff. Anyway, podcasting, it's like an internet radio show. It's like an old time radio show. Does that help anybody? Any, any of the older generation? But anyway, that's what I do. I'm recording this, I hope. Uh, when I come into some of these situations that are very rustic, you know, we're running electronic equipment out here in the woods. Sometimes, well, at least once, and Elena knows about this if she's out there. I've blown a couple recordings, so hopefully this is working. I don't know. We'll see. You guys can hear me, but whether I get the recording or not is another thing. Um, I'll probably just edit all that out, so I can do that. I can just take things out. Although it's funny because I notice that every time I say that, I leave it in. So, um, Has anybody actually heard the show? I mean, I know I've talked to some people already. So, All right. Thank you very much. I'm glad you guys are here. If you guys haven't heard it, um, you can go to enormacast.com and check it out there, or you can get on iTunes and download it. And guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost anything. There is uh, currently 65 episodes, um, all of them about an hour or a little more in length, and climbers from people you've never heard of to uh, even Mr. Alex Honnold has been on the show. I know you just drop a Honnold and your and your you know your your internet like spikes. It goes crazy. Yeah, Alex Honnold. Alex, good guy. He wouldn't mind me ripping on him. I don't think. Um, and he'll never hear it anyway. He's too busy. He's too busy soloing. But um, truthfully, when I had Alex on, if you looked at my like my stats, they just went this. And then I I had what the I called the Honold hangover for about six months. It was just like nothing. And then all of a sudden, it sort of started to catch back up. But anyway, uh, the most recent one is Russ Clune. Um, I finally like came out to the east 
Although, he, actually, I didn't. I recorded him in Salt Lake City, but I, I wanted to throw something for the East Coast. I know. Are we, where are we? Is this Southeast? Yeah. We're, um, we're the Mid-Atlantic. Okay, we're mid, Mid-Atlantic. See, that's one of the big conceits on the show is I'm a very Colorado-centric guy. I live there. I do all of these face-to-face. I don't do any Skype interviews, so... People have to show up at my house or I have to show up wherever they are. And so it has unfortunately become very Colorado centric, but I'm trying my best to, to, to improve on that, which is why um, when Lisa asked me to come out to do this, I immediately said yes, or as immediately as I do anything with the normal cast, which is usually about a month. That's pretty immediate for me to respond to an email with this. But anyway, that, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Um, Russ Clune is the most recent interview, a good friend of mine, a nice long, hour-long interview with Russ, who's been climbing since the 70s, and um, a lot of good stories from climbing in Europe with Wolfgang Gulick and uh, Jerry Moffat and a bunch of other uh, really legendary climbers from the 80s. So that's the kind of thing we do on the EnormaCast. And a couple more things about me and my Eastern climbing resume. It's very, very small. Um, in mid-Atlantic, southeast, any of those things. I actually have only climbed east of the Mississippi twice in 25 almost years. And uh, one of them was in Illinois at Jackson Falls. Yeah! All right. You were probably there. We were, I was probably there when you were there. Uh, it's a cool crack. There's no doubt about it. And then I went to the Red River Gorge, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. <laughs> All right, yeah, I, I understand there's a little, what is it, four hours away, five hours away, something like that? I don't know, I'll be going tomorrow, so. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, actually, I'm really excited to climb here in, uh, in West Virginia. I'm really excited to climb in the new. Um, it actually, it really appeals to me. The mix of sport climbing and, and trad is kind of my whole uh, career has been sort of a mix of that, so that's, that's going to be really cool. But I want to tell you something, I do... Unfortunately, I've realized that in myself, I have a lot of preconceived notions about the South. I grew up in Illinois, Chicago, as a city boy, and then I moved to Colorado, and I really haven't spent a lot of time down here, and I just, you know, watch the movies and the television shows and hear the, the, the strains of the banjo out in the woods and all that sort of thing, just like a lot of people in this country. So I want to I fix that, but I, I'll be honest with you. A while ago on a show about travel, I talked about how when I've, I've climbed in Europe a fair bit, and when I land in a country where I don't know the language and I don't know the culture, and you're sitting on the plane and like you're deplaning, like I get like I put my armor on. I'm like, okay, this is going to be rough. Like, there's probably going to be like taxi cab drivers yelling at me and like you know trying to make me take a ride with them, and I got to go to the counter and like speak a language I don't understand, and I got to get ready for this. I got to get like mentally challenged. And by accident today, when I landed in Charleston, I actually was, I kind of like slipped into that mode. Like that was going to happen to me. Like I was going to get off the plane and I was going to have to like do battle because I was in another country. Like I was going to have to like, you know, I don't know, speak a different language and everything else. And the truth is, is actually it, it was pretty much the same as in Colorado when I got off the plane. So I was pretty stoked on that. The language is a little different, just a skosh, but... And it's much more hilly here, but it, it was just funny because I was like, I kind of woke up out of it. I'm like, dude, you're not in like, you know, Yugoslavia. Like, this is going to be okay. Like, you're going to be fine, you know? And then I saw a state trooper driving here. For some reason, that made me more scared. 
<laughs> than seeing one in Colorado. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm here in the New River Gorge. I'm super stoked, and I'm going to uh, do a little interview with, with two guys that, that um, are integral to the climbing here, which is kind of what the EnormaCast does. And uh, let me go ahead and uh, get started. But I want to check you guys' mics. Okay, cool. All right, and I'm going to, because I haven't been able to even really hook up with these guys. When you speak into a microphone, it's like, it's like an ice cream cone that you, if you wanted to, you could lick it. But you don't want to do that. But you want to be close enough and in front of you, like you're really going to take a nice hit off the top of an ice cream cone right there. You're treating us like we're from West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Not everybody knows how to. Kenny, not everybody knows. All right. Uh, these guys already got introduced to you guys. On the far left here is Kenny Parker, who is a uh, one of the guys that owns the gear shop here. Yeah. And uh, a longtime climber here, root developer, um, a, a recently brand new dad, from what I understand, and uh, which is sort of kind of tripped your life up in a, in a new way, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot how to rock climb. <laughs> That'll happen. I have plenty of friends with kids. Um, and also on the near left is Mikey Williams, also a root developer, also the guidebook author, as, as was mentioned, also an editor for Deadpoint Magazine, and uh, just another total local homie here in, in uh, the New River Gorge. Yeah. Total right. local. Right. And um, we're talking to you guys, but hopefully, with any luck, I'm recording this to put out on the internet. So um, a lot of you guys know these dudes, and I'm hoping that they uh, you know, will expand on their life, even talk about stuff that, that a lot of you guys already know. So let me start with you, Kenny. How long have you been climbing here? At the New River Gorge? Yes. Since 1984. How many years is that? In fact, the person I first came here with is in the audience, um, Danny Caldwell. Pig man! The guy who cooked the pig. The guy who cooked the pig, right on. So had you been climbing before you, you started climbing here? Yes. Where at? Seneca. Seneca Rocks. Seneca Rocks. How far away is that? From here, Seneca's two hours or so. Okay. Seneca is the other right great on. West Virginia climbing area. So when you, um, you know, you came here, you bought a, or started a gear shop, or did you buy it? What was the story with uh, that? Gene and Maura Kistler and I started okay. it in 1994. Right on. And what, uh, I mean, what was it about the area that brought you here that made you want to, you know, put your roots down here and start a shop and that sort of thing? Um, the two of them had already kind of taken the bait and were living here and uh, had the vision, right? And uh, they, uh, I was in college in Blacksburg, and I was friends with them. I had been friends with them since I was like 17 years old in Charlottesville. Met him at the climbing, the bouldering area up there. And uh, so they uh, were living here. I worked, went, was finishing college in Blacksburg, Virginia. Gene bought that store. And then he and I both saw that there was a place for a gear shop here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we opened the store. Right on. So this, you said it was 1984? 84 when we first started climbing. Oh, you first started ten climbing. Years later, ten years later, you yeah. brought it to place. So what did it look like uh, when you first started climbing here in 84 compared to now? I mean, you know. It changed it all. It has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there was a few less yoga studios on the corners, you know, and all, but I mean. <laughs> There are yoga studios in West Virginia? 
they're actually Um, You know, there was not much to do. Yeah, there were not. No one even came into Fayetteville. No one even right. came into town. It was like you were sleeping down at the condom field down below the bridge. And, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no joke. That's what it was really called. <laughs> Um, so at, yeah. least at least they're using condoms, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot going on except the rock climbing. Right on. We, unbeknownst to us, there was this whole other activity going on here that was uh, whitewater rafting. Oh, right. Which we discovered later. Uh-huh. <laughs> was, and so was it, I mean, I, I haven't even, I, I, I got here at like 6.30, so I know nothing about this place. I understand there's a cliff over there in the woods somewhere. Um, I haven't been into Fayetteville. What made you guys think that like this place is going to grow enough to put a to put a shop in here, to put a, a store that's going to sell climbing gear, or is it everything? It was all self-serving. Right. We just saw this as a great place to hide from the world. Uh huh. So we uh, no, it was one of those things where this this place the um, the rock kind of speaks for itself. You know, when you uh, you know, and I, I felt like I was fortunate enough to be around. The, being the young punk amongst a bunch of really good climbers of that era. And uh, a lot of them were really well-traveled. They climbed all over, you know, walls in Yosemite and whatnot. And, and so I was, like, kind of the junior amongst these guys. And, uh, you know, those guys were here, were flocking here to do new routes, you know. Not, right. There weren't that many of them. But, and so, the, like I said, the rock speaks for itself. The, rock, the resource here, the rock, it is the best rock climbing as far as Kragan goes, I think, in the country. Awesome. I know you're from Colorado. Yeah. I know you guys think that. What's the weather though? Yeah, well, as the great Steve Cater once said, slippery holds make for a stronger climber. That's true. You know? yep. <laughs> All right, Mike. Oh, you got... No, no, I'm done. Okay, cool. No, you're not. No, you are not done, sir. Do not do that to me. All right, Michael, let's move to you. How long have you been climbing, and then how long have you been climbing here in the new? Oh, uh, probably started climbing in... Uh, uh, <laughs> Ice cream con, delicious. Started climbing in college, seriously, which uh, graduated in 01, and then moved up here probably 04, uh-huh. sometime around then. And what, what drew you to this place? Um, trying to find a place to get pumped. Like, I came from North Carolina, and it's just slabs. <laughs> There's just you're just slabbing for days. Well, Looking Glass Rock, it specifically is where you know it's a Brevard College, and uh, it's you know I think I climbed five eight for like five years, right. just too afraid to fall. It's terrifying, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you're never using your arms. You're just kind of standing there, terrified. <laughs> so this was the closest place. Well, the Obed and um, in Tennessee, which is uh, right. near Knoxville. And then um, up here at the new, started taking trips up and just, you know, just same as Kenny, fell in love with the place and the rock and everything about it. And you managed to uh, put a living together here, working for Dead Point and living. And you also live here year round? Uh, I live here. We have a house here. My wife and I have a okay. house here. Um, but uh, I, I travel a lot right. in the summer generally. And um, so, yeah, I spend about eight months a year here, something like that. But, you know, when I first moved up here, it was climbing, guiding. I uh, was doing that. And then uh, the Dead Point thing came much later. The guidebook thing kind of fell into my lap. That's right. That was, um, you know, with the help of Kenny and Waterstone Outdoors, it just 
this is like a the, the community is really tight, so they kind of put you where you need to be. So all these people come to Fayetteville, and they bring their own skill, and then like Kenny and uh, Gene Moore, the other Waterstone folks, mm-hmm. they kind of like ferret out a location where you'll fit and then just push you into it. Oh, right on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the guidebook thing, we, I think that my exact line to Mike was, it is your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, so Gene, those guys, I mean, there's, there's a lot of towns that are, are, have sort of created these climbing cultures. You know, that made me think of Lander. You know, there's a bunch of people up there, Jill Hunter at the Lander Bar, that, you know, specifically looks for ways to get climbers to, you know, find a place that they can uh, make some money and, and make a lifestyle out of living up there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, those guys are here. Let's uh, maybe just give a quick hand to them. Anyway, I saw him right. To Gene. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let me ask you a couple things. Um, One of the things that I've noticed, uh, you know, I was talking to Russ a little bit about how climbing is just way more well known in Europe among the normal population. So if you're a climber, you're not quite so freaky. Um, And then you move over to to the United States, and I think that, you know, going back to Colorado, boo, I know. Um, I mean, there's, there's mountains there, there's skiing, and there's this kind of acceptance of, like, climbing mountains as something that you do, and, and there's a lot of people who don't climb but, but kind of know about it. And then I go to places like Lander or come to places like here or go to the Red, and I, and I sort of see this, you know, it's definitely like a little weirder to be a climber in a, in a place in the Midwest or in the mid-Atlantic as we are, any of those places. So can you sort of talk a little bit about that, like the, the culture of climbing and how it fits into sort of the normal culture here? Can I talk about how it didn't fit in? Yeah, that, that's probably more what I'm getting at, I suppose. Um, well, just to um, bust on some old guys around here who probably wore Lycra, um, there's a there's a there's a climb here called Kenny Never Wore Lycra, and uh, it goes back to there was that horrible era in rock climbing in the 80s when uh, climbers felt that that was required gear mm-hmm. to wear loud lycra, and so back then it was like there was this place the only place that you could uh, go to get any uh, you know breakfast around here was a place called the Pancake House. And it was exactly what you would expect in West Virginia. And, uh, and so these guys would, you know, the Eddie Bagoons and the Mike Artses and these guys would, would roll in there in the morning, basically wearing what they slept in, which was their Lycra. And, and it was like pink tiger striped and teddy bear. And, and, you know, it was, you know, and some of them are even shoving stuff down the Lycra, you know, yeah. and, and they're going in the in the in the pancake house. And it was just really embarrassing to be in there with these guys. It's like you realize what the impression. You, I mean, they, these people have no idea what you're doing. And, and so anyway, I refused. Right on. I was like, hey, when I was going through pictures for the guidebook, I found a picture of Kenny wearing Lycra. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, and man. Says, Burn. I, yeah. He's always telling this story, and I show him the picture, and he says those are cotton tights. Uh, no, they were. It was cold. It was a flea. It was fleece. It was fleece. And he didn't wear them to breakfast. And I never wore them to breakfast. He put his overalls on. 
Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, like, th- that was a particularly loud era. And I, I remember even uh, years ago in Joshua Tree walking into the, the Thai restaurant in an evening, and you could just stand there and be like, those are climbers, those people live here, those people are climbers. I mean, even then, like, the loud colors and everything else was really freaky, so... Um, well, I'm sure out in Colorado, everyone was standing around those things posturing anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, mostly we had sleeveless shirts on even in, yeah. even in December. Sleeveless shirts and yeah. lycra and you know, slick back hair. I wasn't, I was a wall climber, man. I didn't even know what that stuff was. So, we didn't, wall climbers never wore lycra. Not once. There's no pictures of me out there in lycra. I can guarantee it. <laughs> All right, well, let me... Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Now, we've been joking about this rivalry thing, like the East-West. Um, I think it's real. I don't... I don't. I, I mean, jokingly, but everybody who has a favorite climbing area thinks their climbing area is the best. And um, I'm the one who has a, a, a podcast and a microphone that can talk about it all the time. So, um, you know, I can promote the Bromuda Triangle, as we call it. But... You guys also have sort of a, a rivalry with the, uh, it sounds like with the red. When I, when I talked to you earlier, Kenny, that um, you guys actually have the, the, what is it, the greatest climbing area in the world tournament as a basketball tournament? Yeah, best crag in the world. Yeah, it's transcended climbing. Right. It's gotten to the real deal, which is basketball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell, tell us what, you're the coach. Yeah, I coach the New River Sockmont. And Mikey, do you play on this team? I do not play basketball. Oh. <laughs> not even, not even there bench. Are, there no, are Sock yeah. Monkey team members in the audience. <laughs> All right, so tell me about the origin of this tournament. What, three or four years you've been doing this? Four years, yeah. Okay. Four years this August. It was really a byproduct of the, uh, the humid- summer humidity and the uh, inability of anyone to get psyched to go actually go rock climbing. Um, and I want to say it was Gene and Dario at Miguel's okay. that started the shit-talking. And, uh, <laughs> and anyway, because they're from Kentucky and you've got Indiana, you know, all those guys are Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio. Um, you know, they think they're the you know, the center of the basketball universe. And uh, we actually know that Boulder is the center of the universe. Sure. Even though they can't spell basketball, right? I don't think so. They don't know who LeBron James is, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's where it started. And then, you know, Gene realized that he didn't play basketball. He was a soccer player. So he said, Kenny, you've got to do this. So uh, we started it. And the guy who used to work for us, made these ridiculous, silly videos and uh, shit-talking videos. Uh-huh. And so it started, and they came over and brought a team, and we won the first year, and it turned out to be this great thing. It turned out to be a lot of fun, good friends with those guys. I mean, I'm sorry their crag isn't as good, but... Yeah, that's <laughs> just the way it goes. Well, I, I like it because I've joked about how the, the climbers, a lot of us are these sort of sports outcast misfits when we're growing up, and... Um, for whatever reason, we found climbing as our sort of athletic output. I mean, the way Mike said he does not play basketball reminded me of that. Like, it's not necessarily something that we did all through high school. So finding a team, was that difficult at all? I mean, to, 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 oh, yeah. to oh, put yeah. a team on the court with... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, what, and what do the games look like? Are we talking about, you know... No, it's, it's good basketball. It is. It's a high level of basketball. <laughs> no, it's, it's real. 
And is this some sort of uh, like public event? I mean, are, are people like, uh, do we, we, do we, we get a crowd? Had, we have had two to 300 people at these games. Really? Yeah. And where do you play that here in town? Well, our court is in Gina Morris' side yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The bleachers or like concessions, things like that. Yeah. So after the first year, Jeff Aki, who you know, yep. talked me into writing. Who lives in Colorado. Hey, he also has a house know, here. Yeah. He has a little stabbing check down the hill from me. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go break into it tonight. It's cool. He talked me into doing an article about the game. Oh, the, really? the rivalry. And so it was an article in Climbing a few years ago. And as a result, the guy... They used to play on a dirt court in Kentucky. That tell, tells you how hillbilly they are over there. Um, this guy who was a U- University of Kentucky former player who also happened to be a climber, works for some big sporting goods company, donated an NBA-class goal to them because I, cause of my article. Right. So they owe me. <laughs> Where was the most recent tournament? At the Red. At the Red. And who won? Yeah, they won. Ah. But it sounds like there's a great home team advantage in this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, big home court advantage. Right, home it's, court um, advantage, yeah. It's, uh, the whole thing started really as kind of a jab at you guys. Oh, right you on. Because we weren't invited. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you lost, you're still the second best crag in the country, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm right now just, like, running down, like, the local climbers at Rifle. And, yeah, we don't have much of a team that I can think of. Because I sure as hell you, can't uh, do it You're either. welcome to uh, All right. host the next yeah, one. They, I mean, the normal cast has some pull. But here's the thing, is we've got our own problems out, out west, you know, because obviously, you know, Colorado and California, we don't get along either. So we might have to have, like, that's a, a bracketed... Old, that's a much older rivalry. Yeah, I know. And we must we might have to have some sort of bracketed thing where we... Where we come down to like i don't know like colorado versus versus california and then we come east like with a tour bus and the whole thing you guys are going to need the whole west of the mississippi it's to come true. up with a real team I, it, to beat us <laughs> actually i i have a feeling you're right actually about that so but i'll see what i can do actually because right. it'll be sounds good we either do basketball or we'll have like a west side story dance fight either one of those i'm totally in you know when you're a jet. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's get back to the scene here in the New River Gorge. You've been here, climbing here since 84. You're sort of a more recent transplant. We talked a little bit about, you know, the guys in Lycra walking into the, into the, the breakfast place and, and kind of freaking people out. So where does it sit right now? I mean, climbing is all over the country. It's a much bigger thing. It's much more of an economic driver. It's In, in a lot of places, I've seen it definitely become more accepted as people realize, well, these guys are here to stay. And most of them don't, you know, the climbers don't treat the place like shit. They, they, they totally take care of it usually. So what are you guys' relationship with sort of the local authorities like these days? Maybe the guidebook author can talk a little bit about with that. The local authorities? Well, the, the, the people who uh, maybe hold some of the, the sort of strings to access and things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the New River Gorge is National Park Service land. So we have a really, you know, good relationship with the Park Service right now. It kind of fluctuates. It goes up and down. We had we had some rough times, but right now it's really good. And, um, you know, we communicate with them. We have a Climbers Alliance, local Climbers Alliance, who we work with them. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. All right. So what about the local culture? 
Where are you guys at with those folks? This place is similar to Lander, right? Okay. So, and you have like this this dichotomy between the outdoor adventure crowd. We have whitewater and climbing, and then everyone else is like coal miners. Right. And in Lander, it's cowboys. So you have like Americans, like. <laughs> you right, buddy. Yes. Critic. Man's, man's best friend, right? Yeah. Okay, so you were saying. I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of forget what I was saying, but yeah, so we have like the locals, the, the folks that have been here forever, the coal miners, and then the new crowd that kind of started with Kenny's generation. You know, coming Thanks, in, <laughs> coming in, uh, and you know the whole outdoor recreation scene. Sure. So it's kind of split. As far as like town council, I think there's still a guy on town council that like was fighting for segregation. Oh. Isn't there a guy like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's old timey. Right, old timey. Yeah. Yeah. So the climbers and yeah, I, I can only imagine. But you know, I mean, the reason I ask this is because again, I've I've seen. Like um, going to rifle, I've seen that town sort of come around and realize that like when they rock out to the to the park and somebody's tipped over the the portalette, they know it wasn't the climbers. You know, it was somebody else. It was like they they realize that the climbers sort of take care of the place. I mean, have you guys been able to convey that to them? I mean, this 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 campground is is something that climbers built. It's like, you know, where are you at with that? Well, the reality is, we're all just river rats. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It's true. If you were to talk, most of them still to this day don't really distinguish between a rock climber and a rafter or a kayaker. Yeah. Right? There's still this perception that we're all just these river rats. Right. You know, that's what we're here to do because that was the original group that came in here in the 70s was the rafting industry. Mm-hmm. You know, people got started these rafting companies. So there was this rift then and they were just dubbed river rat river rats and so i can't tell you how many times that i've been out and about or whatever and i've been asked you one of them river rats you know it's just a it's just a stereotype that's been applied to if you're a outdoor recreation person it's getting better you know it's definitely changing but uh some of those things die hard and uh i feel like we're making very slow progress, you know, more and I laugh about it sometimes. It's like, God, I feel like it's still 1994 around here. But, uh, you know, it's it's definitely getting better. You know, I will say I'll, I'll, I'll put a positive spin on it and say sure. that uh, we'll get there. You know, we haven't infiltrated town council or county commission yet, but uh, Mikey's all primed to run. He lives in town, you know. Really? He doesn't know it yet, but <laughs> no, I won't be running. Porter, uh, Porter Gerard ran for ran for recorder in uh, what 2007, I think. He he didn't win, oh. but uh, he's a climber. He should come back. Oh, I know who Porter right. Gerard. Oh, is. I didn't yeah. know you're from Colorado. I, I know. Sure I, I read my I read my books and my history. <laughs> I, I keep up on things. I try to be up on things, but uh, and he didn't win. But how, you know, maybe it's time, right? Yeah, it's dude, time. I'm serious. Look at you. Yeah, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, do you have anything to add to what what Kenny said in terms of the relations here? I mean, it's cool, small town. Yeah, it says it on the signs. When you come into town, it says 
cool small town. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't yeah, even been there yet. You'll see it tomorrow. Right in front of the Biscuit World. <laughs> That's a real place. Oh, I've heard about the Biscuit World, too. The Biscuit World precedes itself in terms of, of people like, oh, yeah, you got to go to the Biscuit World. So that's yes. awesome. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to ask you guys some, some quick questions, and then we'll probably wrap this thing up. So this is, uh, this is going to be rapid fire. I want you guys to just not think about it and bring, you know, just first thing that comes into your head. We'll start with you, Kenny. What's the best route? In the new. Leave it to Jesus. What's the best climbing area outside of the new? Oh, crazy. <laughs> the meadow, lower meadow. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, somewhere like 10 miles away or something? Yeah, it's like 10 miles. <laughs> true local, true local, this guy. All right, well, let's keep in that vein. Who's the best climber in the world? Mikey Williams. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russ Kloon. Nah, right on. He's a a tall drink of water. Who's the sexiest climber in the world? Definitely Mikey Williams. Yeah, I'd agree. Have you ever cried on a root? Yes. Can you you give us a one or two sentence uh, explanation? Uh, you've all been there, you know? <laughs> Good enough. Where's a place in the world that you have not climbed that you still want to climb? Vernon Gorge. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Mark, Mikey, it's your turn. All right. Best route in the, uh, in the new? Uh, that's the same question. Um, can it? Yeah, one of Kenny's routes. Um, <laughs> one of the Bubba routes. Face it, Bubba. <laughs> All right. I don't even know what that is, but it's funny. <laughs> it's a good so, thing we didn't go there. Yeah, so the thing with uh, Kenny claims that he discovered Bubba City. Okay. You can see it from the bridge. It's a cliff. <laughs> the first route he did there, he called it Face It Bubba. And I think there's 43 routes at the crag that have Bubba theme names. All right. So Bubba Side, Bubba Does Debbie. What's another one, Kenny? Fucking A, Bubba. That's that's not even a real one. It is. No, it is. That's what that's FAB a... stands for. Oh, he's right. <laughs> FAB. Did you put that up? No, actually, uh, a good friend, John Troutwine, did. Actually. Yeah. I think I followed it, actually. <laughs> All right, I'm going to change this one. What's the best crag outside of West Virginia? Can we go, do we try that? Uh, Bighorn Mountains, Wyoming. Ten, uh, ten sleep, that area. Awesome. <laughs> Western, Western. You could have said, said Summersville. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> Is that in, that's in West Virginia, isn't it? Yeah, it's 20 miles. Nicholas, Nicholas <laughs> County. Different county. And now I'm forgetting my question. <laughs> All right, what was the other one? Oh, who's the best climber in the world? It's got to be Kenny. Got to be. All right, different person. Who's the sexiest climber in the world? You're not Kenny. You can't answer the same one. Russ Clune? All right. <laughs> Clune was supposed to be here. They had a wedding. 
Anyway, <laughs> where's a place outside of West Virginia that you would like to climb that you haven't been to before? Uh, Frank and Yura. And have you ever climbed on a, uh, or have you ever cried on a route? No, no. Def- definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think we'll leave it at that. I appreciate you guys coming up here in front of this hometown crowd. This is also going out into the world as a podcast. Please give it up for these guys. They they make this area what it is. They've been here long enough, and they've put their heart and soul into it. So thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. And I want to thank you guys for listening. If you uh, want to check it out, never heard it before, again, at normalcast.com. Come and have a look. And if this all worked, this will be up there in a couple months. So thank you very much. Oh, no, 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 no,